It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Paranormal Punches is part of the Podbelly Network. Go to podbelly.com for more great podcasts. Hey, y'all. This is Frank the Bigfoot, and you're listening to the Paranormal Punches. Hey, friends. Welcome to Paranormal Punchers. I'm Mark. I'm Alicia. I'm Nash. I'm Dave. What's up, boys? Hey, what's, what's going on? Still using Skype. Yeah. One day we'll yep. do this in person again. I know. Maybe even the last time we do this on Skype for a while, maybe? Uh, it would be great if this yeah. is the last one on Skype. I know. I mean, we'll I see. have 25-foot cables. We could social. Di- we could be 25 <laughs> feet apart. That's good, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, doesn't doesn't all of uh, where we live go yellow? Go to a uh, within uh, about two weeks. Yes, I think June fourth or fifth. June fifth. Yeah. 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 So that that means we can do it. We can do it in person, right there. <laughs> Exciting times! Oh, you gotta you should brew up a, a batch of beer just for that occasion. I know. What makes you think that I don't have one already mm. being brewed? <laughs> How I, I can't believe I would doubt you. I know. Ugh. <laughs> Um, all right, this uh, is yeah, going to yeah, be, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this should be a fun show. We're going to talk about dogmen. Right. <laughs> you guys seem super excited. <laughs> <laughs> now, a listener, uh, Luke Funkhauser. Yes, I use his full name. He said, you can use my name. Uh, Luke sent in uh, this, I don't know, it's a pretty incredible story. And at the end, he said, I'd like to hear your takes uh, on this story, Dogman, whatever. I was like, I'm so like right now after reading his story, I was like, I want to talk about Dogman. So that's uh, Luke. That's why uh, it became the topic of this episode. So thank you so much for sending us your story and uh, getting us all fired up about the Dogman. Thanks, Luke. Heck yeah. Now, um, well, quick shout out before we get rolling with that story. Um. Lewistown Printworks sent us all T-shirts. Yep, they're pretty cool. Ooh, thank you. Nice. Yeah, it has an alien uh, screen printing uh, with their with their name and everything. Uh, and aliens on the shirt, screen printing. It's really cool. Yeah. Uh, Michelle, Caleb, thank you so much for sending us the those shirts. Very excited. You boys will get yours in a couple weeks when we go yellow. Right. Cool. And uh, so, <laughs> uh, so Lewistown uh, Printworks. The official screen printer of Paranormal Punchers. That's right. 
Now, let's jump into this story. Here we go. Oh, I pre-recorded it because there was no way I was going to try to read this live. <laughs> Drinking a beer, uh, it would have been a disaster. So let's give this a listen. Oh, the story is called The Pigman Story. And Luke gives us a little backstory on what the Pigman is. Then it jumps into his story. And he actually comes out with final thoughts. He practically did the episode all for us. So <laughs> let's give it a listen. Legend of the Pigman. There was once an elderly couple who lived happily in central Indiana. They were originally married in the early 20s, but for one reason or another, were never able to have a child. After close to 40 years of marriage, the woman became pregnant for the first time. Nine months later, she gave birth to a boy. Needless to say, there were complications in the pregnancy. Most notably, the boy was born with nasal deformity, which made him look piggish. The first few years of the boy's life passed in relative happiness. He had trouble in school with the other kids, but he was loved at home. The family was happy. Around the boy's 12th birthday, his mother became ill and died. After the passing of his wife of nearly 50 years, the boy's father became heartsick and stopped eating. Within a month, the father passed away too. The boy was now alone. With his father's corpse still in the house, the boy became aware of the decision he was faced with. Wait for the authorities to come and take him to a foster home or an orphanage or run away. The boy chose to run away. He chose to live in the wild. The boy chose to find water when he was thirsty, forage and kill when he was hungry, build when he needed shelter, and start a fire when he needed warmth. The boy was known to break into barns and sleep on people's lands. He became known as the Pig Man, and most children growing up in central Indiana knew about him. We teased each other about him. When hanging out with a friend in the country, if you would see spot in the hay where a sheep or a dog had made a bed for itself, you would say to your friend, Pigman slept here last night. The Pigman is going to get you. It was just part of the legend and lore of Pigman. My story. I was 18. I had just graduated from high school. It was the summer of 2003. It was August, and it was hot. Air conditioning never stops running, and you stick to the seat hot. I was at my girlfriend's house late one night. She lives out in the country. Around 2 a.m., I decided to make my way back home. I said my goodbyes and got in my Ford F-150. The truck was old and prone to dying. It had 195,000 miles on the odometer, manual windows, manual locks, and a rusted-out hole in the passenger side floorboard. It was a ride fit for an 18-year-old. I drove through the country heading home. The cornfields had not yet been harvested, so the stalks were at their peak. I came to a four-way stop in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by cornfields, when all of a sudden, my truck died. This is not unusual, and so I reacted as any 18-year-old might react upon being stranded with a dead truck in the middle of nowhere in the middle of the night. The reaction involved banging on the dashboard and the steering wheel and using some choice words. I was committed to getting the truck restarted. I manipulated all three pedals in the stick again and again, confident I would get the truck restarted. At some point, I had hit the brake pedal, which illuminated the road behind me. And accidentally, at the same time, my peripheral vision had gotten a glimpse of something in the rearview mirror that struck me as alarming. I pushed the brake pedal again and looked in the rearview mirror to check my alarm. Sure enough, there was a dark, shadowy figure in the middle of the road. It was absolutely still. 
It was between 50 and 100 yards behind me. Distances are hard to gauge given the situation. And it was on all fours. My initial thought was that there was a big dog in the road. I went back to try and start my truck. Moments later, the truck starting situation had not improved. I decided to check on the big dog. I pushed the brake pedal and looked in the rearview mirror again. The big dog was closer. I didn't see it move. It was still motionless in the middle of the road, but it had cut the distance between me and it by about half. It was still dark and shadowy. It was still on all fours. It still looked like a big dog, but big, like bigger than I had ever encountered. At this point, I became afraid. I had a newspaper headline flash from my mind's eye. 18-year-old slaughtered in the countryside, blood everywhere. So I very calmly reached over and rolled up the passenger side window and locked the door and rolled up the driver's side window and locked the door. I set my attention back on starting the truck. Now the next few moments became a blur. It might have been a few seconds. It might have been a minute. I don't know. But as I recall, my truck began to give signs that it was about to start. I noticed that the big dog was within five yards of the back of my truck. My truck started. The big dog stood up on two legs. It stood tall, like one of the biggest men I'd ever seen in real life, well over six foot. I put my truck in drive. The thing started moving towards the bed of my truck. My tire squealed. The thing shot off to the left side and right into a cornfield. I'm rolling down the road. Needless to say, I was freaked out. Nothing like this had ever happened to me. I had never felt dread or mortal danger before. There was no way I was going home to sleep. There was only one thing I could do. I had to go to see my friend George. He and I loved ghost stories and tales of cryptids. We would regularly investigate abandoned houses or any other creepy stuff we knew about. I had to see him. George lived in the country as well. I rode up close to his house around 2.30 a.m. I turned off the truck, popped it in neutral, and silently parked it at the end of the driveway. I walked up to George's garage and climbed up the back of it. George lived separate from his parents' house in a room above the garage. I started banging on his window till he woke up. George opened the window and responded as any 18-year-old might respond when they had been woken up from a good sleep around 2.30 in the morning. He was cussing at me and insulting me when I said, I saw the pig man. George got quiet, evaluated my face, and a moment later said, meet me at the front door. So I climbed down and walked around to the base of the staircase from his room. A moment passed. Then the door opened. George appeared carrying two flashlights and two shotguns. He came down the staircase and said, let's go. We got into his red Jeep. It had oversized tires and big lights on the top. I navigated him to the spot where the strangeness had occurred. I had him pull off the road right where I saw the big dog shoot into the cornfield. And sure enough, cornstalks were bent. Something large had entered the cornfield at this spot, and very recently. The sight was reassuring for my sanity. A moment passed. I looked at George. George looked at me. He said, let's go. We got out of the Jeep and analyzed the cornstalks. A trail of broken cornstalks was easily visible. We entered the cornfield. We followed this trail for some time. I don't know the reality of the time. Maybe it was five minutes, maybe it was 15. But at some point, 
we came to a pause where it was eerie quiet. Then, all of a sudden, we heard something move. It's hard to see anything in there, but there was something southeast of us which hadn't been moving. Then, all of a sudden, it was moving quickly and breaking cornstalks and moving away from us, rapidly moving to the west. I looked at George. George looked at me. He said, let's go. We kept going. Another five minutes or so passed. We came to another spot that drew eerie quiet. Then we heard something. It was something between a dog's growl and an elephant's trumpet. It was alarming and terrifying. I froze for an instant. Then I heard something move rapidly away from me. I looked at George. George was gone. George was running for the jeep and had left me to die. After all, you don't have to outrun the thing. You outrun your friend. I began running in the same direction. Nothing chased us. We got to the jeep. We drove to his house to sleep it off. We came back the next morning to investigate further under the light of day. We were able to follow the thing's trail through the entire cornfield, across the road, and into a soybean field. The trail went cold in an irrigation ditch in the middle of the soybean field. That's my story. However, I wanted to share a further thought. The story is called The Pigman Story, but only because of what we were exposed to growing up. Upon maturing and investigating the paranormal further, I now have a different interpretation of this story. I have now digested the legends of the Michigan Dogman, the Beast of Bray Road, a story of a siege of a farm in Mississippi by Dogman, and a story from a policeman somewhere around D.C. These locations surround Indiana. The thing stood on two legs, was over six feet tall, was dark and shadowy, and created a sense of dread in me. I now believe this was a dogman. I would love to hear your thoughts on this story, on dogman, on pigman, on whatever. All right. Mm-hmm. Thanks, wow. Luke. That was a very, very cool story. Right. Um, what would you guys think of that? I think that if I was Santa Claus, um, I would rename my reindeer so I could say, on dogmen, on pigmen. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. That's just kind of what it made me think of. I'm so sorry. That's I what that made story made with... you think of. Yeah. Like... Just at the very end. Just, just but. <laughs> I don't know. You can, you can put the other guys in there. You can put the little puck wedgies and stuff in there too. I guess it'd be a terrifying sled. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it would. Oh boy, that is pretty amazing. Yeah, it was pretty intense. I mean, it it did uh, it was great job of uh, capturing the uh, intensity of the initial situation and then going back and you know on that hunt for it. Like that was uh, was well written and uh, made me feel like I was there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, excellent job with the writing. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like how uh, I added some music. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that that, that just helped. (laughs) No, I, I love the story. I actually enjoyed. Uh, a little bit of the uh, Pigman. Um, mm-hmm. Never he- heard that. Uh, but, man, the story is intense. Uh, so I was like, let's talk about the Dogman. I found some other intense stories. Uh, Liz, you have some deets on the Dogman. So, mm-hmm. uh, hey, Luke, one more time. Thank you so yeah, much for sharing you. that with us. Let's yes, jump in. thank you. Uh, in the words of George, let's go. <laughs> All right. So the Dogman. He is 
a bipedal, but sometimes he's on all four feet. Um, canine, um, wolf-like. Uh, usually it's pretty much all wolf. Um, there have been some sightings of like a large muscular human with a dog head. Um, and then also I've seen some people, they felt like it was a, a mix between Sasquatch and a human and a dog. Like there was a lot going on with that, um, with the descriptions of the dog man. So, um, witnesses, they often compare the size to that of a bear. Um, lots of times reaching up to seven feet when it's standing on two feet. Um, I've heard some of the, um, reports they've talked about, uh, gold red glowing eyes, um, some have seen pointed ears, uh, some have not seen ears, so uh, that I'm not sure about. Um, usually there's like a pointed muzzle, um, and the tracks that they have found, they're usually uh, twice the size of a normal wolf. Um, I have heard that there's a smell of decaying flesh and wet dog that permeates the area when people have witnessed these dogmen, um, almost everybody has talked about a sense of dread. It's almost like it's, it, it overwhelms you. You feel like you need to get away. Um, and there have been some reports that there's an ability to possibly uh, use ESP or telepathy um, to talk to you in your mind from some of these dogmen. Wow, I mean... First and foremost, if you saw a creature like that, then all of a sudden it was using telepathy to talk to you. Right. That is just, that's how you get brown pants right away. <laughs> I know. Yep. Uh, now, well, hold on, oh. hold on here for a second. Now, I'm just thinking, if you're, if you're the dog man, you know, mm-hmm. you've got telepathy. And I'm thinking, would there be a way to, I mean, I don't know about you on the show, but I, everything I came across was that they, they, they're pretty aggressive. They're one of the most aggressive cryptids out there. Uh, you know. What I found was, uh, as far as behavior, um, they don't attack you, but they do seem aggressive. They they wa- almost yeah. like they want you to um, leave, get out of their area. And I found a story thinking- we'll get to that they are are aggressive. Okay, and will uh, destroy you. Hmm. Yeah, dog- I'm just thinking that. Go ahead. You know, if there if there was a way to possibly tame one of them. In you know, because the ability to be half dog, half man, quote unquote man, mm-hmm. you know, could be really handy because how many of us want to communicate with our pets? I mean, I only know of a couple people, you know, Rhonda is one of them who can actually has the ability to speak to their pets. But if you have telepathic abilities, right, you yes, could be an intermediary, pets, dude. <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm thinking of uh, this could be like a Fortune 500 enterprise that we're looking at here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, I think this thing, uh, uh, some of the description I found, like between eight and nine feet tall. Okay. Like strange long arms, long, mm. abnormally long arms. Mm-hmm. But I also found like uh, extremely muscular, yeah. uh, wide, big, like, you know, kind of a strong man vibe going on. Uh, and I don't think they're nice. I think it wouldn't help you communicate with your cat. It would eat your cat. <laughs> That'd be a snack. Well, I'm, you know, I mean, that big. I mean, you know, they've got the big and tall shops. It'll be a little tough to get them into a button-up and, and a tie and a sport coat. But, 
I think once we get him there, I think we could really train up and uh, it could be a lucrative field for us to get into. Yeah. So what I'm <laughs> yeah. hearing is – go ahead, Dave. Uh, I was just going to say, I'm just I'm hearing Nash's origin story of uh, how he starts off with good intention and ends up being this, right. you know, uh, corporate leader who's you know hell bent on you know uh, domesticating these dogs and sets them loose from the world, something like that. Or, or if he yeah. is successful on domesticating these dogs, mm-hmm. uh, he'll yeah. have an army. Next thing you know, he's running the world. Yeah. Well, I mean, just think of the lunch, the lunchtime <laughs> costs. I mean, the food costs would be very minimal because you can just give them dog food and they're fine with it. You know, you could feed a whole workforce on like a bag of Alpo. You know, that'd be nice. I'm pretty sure that they would tell us exactly what they thought of the dog food. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, OK, OK. Wait, some negotiation tactics yeah. in there. OK. All right. Anyway, go ahead, Alicia. I was just oh, <laughs> it's okay. I honestly, I mean, uh, if you came face to face with like a giant wolf, that's terrifying in of itself. Um, but I think if you uh, came across like this giant human that had a wolf head, I, I'm not sure which one would be more terrifying to me. You know. But anyway. Yeah, because. Uh- <laughs> What I, I, because I too, I came across a couple really different descriptions on this guy, and it kind of made me ask a few questions. You know, is it, I saw, I was looking at reading this article about a uh, a dogman that was killed in Montana. Oh, yeah. I did read about that. I didn't include it in my notes because there was some info that came out after that, but. And it looks, I mean, to me, those pictures didn't, that didn't say dogman. That said Mm -hmm. a dog and a German shepherd had a, had a baby, had a puppy. You know, that's yeah. that's what it looked, you know, and to be like, oh, it was on the bed of this truck. You know, the bed of that truck is only about three, four feet wide, you know, four, you know, yeah. to be on, on the tailgate here. That's a that's that's a dog. It's a mm-hmm. something. Yeah. I, but, it came out that it was like um, the DNA of a, like a gray wolf or something like that. So it was like almost like a hybrid yeah. between maybe a dog and a wolf. But. You know, and then and then to hear a lot of the other things that I hear was that or that I found anyway was that it was more basically like like what you're saying, just a really big human body mm-hmm. with a dog head. Right. Like that wolf guy on uh, Altered Beast, the 80s side scrolling video game. <laughs> nice. <laughs> right. You're, uh, so uh, you're, uh, you're finding a lot of where so it's a human body. Mm-hmm. It's it's with usually a wolf head. it's usually um, a, like a giant wolf type of creature that's on two feet. Um, but like five percent of the encounters it's been a human with a wolf head yeah because most of what i found it uh, is described as a big dog a big dog uh yeah uh, black very dark fur okay yeah, so no no i mean it, it would definitely that would scare me but if mm-hmm. i saw a, a, a human body right like with a wolf's head walking around <laughs> that'd be so bizarre <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i mean is he wearing clothes is he, uh, is he uh, butt naked? Hmm, good question. I don't know. I don't think Mark, anybody's... you animal. You're going right to the nudity, <laughs> huh? Nice. No, I was asking a question. <laughs> yeah, I don't... Oh. I actually don't know. I don't think they ever said that he was wearing clothes. I think it, he probably was naked. I don't know. Uh, so, as far as, like, where the dogman has been sighted, he's been spotted in 38 U.S. states. 
Uh, and he's been cited over in Norway, all the way to Brazil. Like, he's been all over the place. Um, there's a lot of encounters of dogmen. Um, and a lot of... There's encounters that actually date back to the late 1800s. Um, so it's been going on for a while as far as, like, written, documented encounters. Now, the history of the dogman dates back as far as ancient Greece, uh, where the creatures were given the name Cenocephali. We'll go with that. Uh, this alleged race was described in the writings of Marco Polo. And Marco. he, yeah, he claimed, Polo! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, <Matt. laughs> he claimed to have come across an entire Island of anthropomorphic canines, which supposedly, um, they initiated some trade deals with them. Um, uh, uh, trade deals. Uh-huh. <laughs> right, right. Uh, there, obviously, we've seen uh, the god Anubis in Egypt. Mm-hmm. There's uh, depictions of a human with a, a canine head. Um, and let's see, what else do I have? The natives of the pre-Americas, they considered them as supernatural beings um because they're uh their warrior their warriors or whatever um they invoked the spirit of the wolf and then became dogmen soldiers um so and i'll get into that in a little bit as far as like some of the theories behind like what is causing the dogmen encounters but hmm. The first documented encounter was in 1887 in Michigan. Two lumberjacks, they saw a creature, and it had a, a man's body and a dog's head. So I don't know if that was like, I don't know. I'm a lumberjack and I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just keep going with those lyrics. I'm sorry. Just, you do that, I just keep on going with them. <laughs> Now, not all the encounters um, have been in rural areas. There's been a lot of, like, they witness it, like, crossing the or the road or whatever, or they see it in the woods. Um, there have been some in the city limits of Cincinnati, Dallas, Chicago, and Columbus, Ohio, among many others. Um, so he, he's not just hidden in the woods, in the rural areas but yeah and uh let's see so this is a rural area but it's about 50 miles west of dc okay so we know that's a massive population um so 50 miles west of dc this is the incident uh, that uh, luke had mentioned in his story uh but a deputy sheriff was called out to some type of animal disturbance so it took him about 20 minutes to get out there uh the dispatcher you know thought maybe a bear Whatever. Um, so the, the deputy sheriff gets out there, uh, knocks on the door of this trailer, and the, uh, the person that uh, called in uh, this disturbance uh, was uh, visibly freaked out. Uh, was talking about how it was just out messing around at the porch. You could hear it, like, scratching on stuff and just making kind of a ruckus, and this guy was terrified. The deputy sheriff described the guy who uh, called in the disturbance as, like, uh, you know, had, like, a teardrop... Um, Tattoo on his face, uh, so wasn't the kind of guy that would look this frightened 
over what could just be like, you know, a dog or a bear just outside. He was petrified. Uh, so the sheriff had a, a flashlight and a shotgun. So he started checking out the perimeter of the trailer. And there was like a little wood line down there. And he uh, uh, was flashing his light around. Then he caught sight of something. He said at first the light looked like, it looked like this dog creature. But it almost like the light was being absorbed into the darkness of the creature. But he got a better look. And that's what he described. Eight or nine feet tall. It had like a, a muzzle. Uh, like a dog's uh, snout, but like eight inches long, super weird long arms. Uh, the rear legs had that, you know, that bend in it like a dog would. Um, and this thing was just ignoring uh, the deputy sheriff, just kind of going about his business. Um, then he started to feel like this sense of this fear overcame him. Uh, but unlike he could describe, almost like he felt like this thing was emanating something that was causing this terror in him. Um, but anyway, he, he turned around, went back to the trailer, uh, and that's kind of where the story stops. Uh, but as far as he told the guy, he didn't tell the guy. I don't know if he told the guy what I saw because that would scare the crap out of that dude. Uh, anyway, uh, but he pondered, uh, does it give off something like an uh, infrasound that is causing this dread in you? You know, Luke mentioned in his story how he felt such a sense of dread. Mm-hmm. You know, can the, uh, the dog man, is he, is he giving something off, like, to scare you so much that you just, you got to leave, you got to get out of there. You know what I mean? Like, you, he doesn't, right. like, I don't want you messing around here anymore. So. Hmm. Yeah, can they communicate at a different, you know, range of sound? I know that, you know, dogs have much more sensitive ears than we do. Right. But can they, can they send out that kind of a, that kind of a sound? Hmm. I, I don't know. Dave? <laughs> <laughs> Dave, Dave was in his zone there for a second. <laughs> no, the uh, Skype keeps cutting out, so I'm only getting certain syllables oh, of what no. you're saying. So, oh, gotcha. yeah. Come on, yeah, Skype. So what's, a, what's a dog's hearing range, and can it reproduce a sound that is either above or below our range of hearing? I would think definitely above. I don't know about below. Um, Did you hear the part about infrasound? Yes. Yeah. Okay. okay. So yeah, it's. I mean, certainly if it if it was giving that off, I don't. I don't know. That's typical dog, but it uh, certainly part of its powers. It could do that. Have you well, heard of is- Bigfoot? Uh, some people think some right. Bigfoot gives off the, an infrasound that right. gives you that sense of terror and dread. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And, and it's. You know, because because it, it's like, what is it? Is it a vibe? Is it a is it a sound? Is it is it is it telepathy that they're actually pushing away? You know, they're giving you that sense of fear. You know, like if you're if you, that sense of fear, like you know somebody's watching you or something like that. You know, is it, is it similar to that? I, I don't know. Hmm. hmm. Um. Uh, so we've talked about the Beast of Bray Road. Um. That was episode. 37 um the yep uh i remember episode 37 because somehow nash we uh got talking about uh what imagine <laughs> if a dog man uh took a poop in your front yard <laughs> you would need a yeah. uh, dump yeah. truck to come get it out of there yeah <laughs> you know we're talking about it's an eight nine foot you know dog man taking a dumper taking squeezing out a trout on your front yard oh boy oh my god that's not going to be a regular one my goodness that's going to be the size of a small child uh. <laughs> yeah you step in it and you <laughs> You're gone missing. 
step in it, you could put you would have to park your truck over it. <laughs> It'd be like in Jurassic Park when they're that giant pile of poo. Yeah. Yeah. yeah completely. It'd be like, oh yeah, you ate all the tomatoes. Here they are. Whole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh another kind of popular not popular. I don't know if that's the right word. Um, we'll go with popular dogman uh, is the Michigan dogman. Um, and many have witnessed it, obviously, in Michigan. Uh, it has the body in upright position of a, or posture of a man, the head and fur of a dog, and hands that are eerily human. Um, and a lot of people have seen this one as well. Um, as, as far as like some some popular ones that we've we've heard uh i can give you some encounters yes yes uh okay so a woman was walking her tiny dog when she came face to face with a wolfman with gold red eyes it growled at her she picked up her tiny dog and started running uh and it apparently it chased after her um, so she kept hearing it like behind her and then all of a sudden she couldn't hear it anymore. So it was no longer like behind her, but it was terrifying for her. Um, it didn't attack her. It just uh, chased uh, this her. This was Michigan? No, oh. I don't actually just have. Terrible. Yeah, uh, I got it off of Reddit, so I'm not sure where the location was, but. Cool. Legit. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, there was one witness. He uh, woke up from his sleep and he heard a noise, uh, looked over at his window, which was right next to his bed, and he saw a hunched over dogman standing in his window. It, he claimed that it uh, had to be at least seven or eight feet tall, of course, in, to be able to like look through the window like that, uh, and that it was staring directly at him. It had pitch black, soulless eyes. He was terrified. So, what did he do? He closed the curtain and fell back asleep. <laughs> so, that's what you do. That's exactly that's what, what you do. do. I know. You don't give it the power. Wife, you get on the other side, so you offer the wife to the creature. Right. That's what you do. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, so, here's another one. <laughs> According to an interview with a retired ranger... He and his then co-worker, they were out looking for dead animals to remove from the park premises uh, when they uh, accidentally hit what appeared to be a bear with their Jeep. Uh, they got out, and upon examining the body, the rangers realized that the hairy creature had human legs, hands, and feet. Its body was well-built, and uh, the ranger claimed... Sorry. Claimed it had the physique of a UFC fighter. So, like, he was... He was big. And muscly. Um, <laughs> he was big. He was big and muscly. muscly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, its face, though, was definitely not human. It had a dog-like um, ears, fangs, a long, protruding snout, like a dog. Uh... Other rangers were quickly called to the scene, and none of them had ever seen anything like it. Um, the two were asked to go back to the headquarters so they could file a report and get interviewed and everything. Um, they then led them all back to the accident, um, the scene of the accident, but the body was already removed. And wouldn't you know it, 
They were government agents. Men in black. Uh-huh. They uh, interviewed the, the two uh, park rangers, and uh, they told them, you ran over a bear and warned them to never speak of the matter again. So that's another... Clearly, they didn't listen. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I got a story involving uh, some government stuff Do like you? that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, but finish up. Oh, okay. Uh, let's see. On Skinwalker Ranch, which we've also talked mm-hmm. about as well, uh, a group of people, they were wandering down a road uh, on the premises, and they saw a group of men ahead. The three figures had their backs turned to them and were all wearing suits and smoking cigarettes. One of the men turned its head to the group, and that's when they realized that all three of the men had heads of dogs. More spe- but they were, and they were smoking cigarettes? Yes. More specifically, they looked like Doberman pinchers. Uh, terrified of what they were witnessing, they bolted out of the area and didn't look back. Yeah, if I see three <laughs> dogs in suits smoking cigarettes, <laughs> right? I would, I would start to wonder if someone slipped me some acid. <laughs> were they playing poker? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, uh, then I have um, an account that was given by Bigfoot and Dogman researcher Parker Duvall. He spent years studying the Dogman phenomenon in his home state of Kentucky. And he said that he made a telepathic contact with a Dogman named Roger. Roger. He's a good boy. Yep. And has <laughs> and has created a relationship <laughs> and has created a relationship with the entities. According to Duvall, the dogmen are a warrior like race that utilize an ability to fill humans with terror and a primal fear. As this is apparently the state in which people learn the most about themselves. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Mm, that's deep. Right. I was hoping that the state I learned about myself would be Pennsylvania. Uh, well, I guess I, I guess that's completely wrong. Mm-hmm. Oh, you need this. You need this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the last encounter that I have is actually from Washington County, Pennsylvania. Um, there was a guy. They he during hunting season. Um, he was out in a tree stand, uh, and he heard a lot of rustling leaves, like he a lot of commotion going on. Uh, then he saw a wolf-like thing running on its hind legs. It stopped for a moment, sniffed the air, and then it ran off. He sat in that tree stand for hours, terrified, until the sun was high in the sky, and that's when he, he bolted. Um, he gave up hunting after that. Oh, So, I know. All right. So that's all I, got. <laughs> I got a couple thoughts on your story, but since we're de- telling stories, I'll tell the uh, uh, the one I have here. Okay. Um, now I don't have a, a specific date. Uh, just uh, it was February. This is down in Northwest Tennessee. So this uh, retired couple, Matt and Nicole, they were going to take a weekend vacation and go photograph bald eagles at uh, uh, Real Foot Lake. So. They, they, you know, they went on their trip and then uh, never came back. Family, was start, after a, little, a couple of days, family got concerned, called the cops. Cops uh, you know, went on uh, you know, a search out there where they uh, thought that their, their friends were going, uh, Matt and Nicole. Uh, they found the car uh, abandoned, and there was claw marks all over this car. The sunroof was, like, busted you know, and ripped out. There's, like, torn pieces of clothing all around the sunroof. 
Now, one of the officers was following the tire tracks back from the Jeep, and he started to see what looked like the footprints, and he could tell that the, the couple was, uh, like, running. Then he started seeing also large, very large, abnormally large dog prints. Now, uh, we almost like something large was chasing them. So the, for days and days and days, they searched. They did not find the couple, and eventually they had to call off the search. So the following summer, uh, there's some boys out riding their ATVs in the woods, uh, a couple of the boys stop at this big log pile. Uh, they wanted to crack open uh, a couple of cold beers. And uh, they're on this log pile having some fun. The one uh, dude drops uh, like half a beer down in the logs. And there's, Nash, you know, there's no way you're letting that go. Right. So he, yeah, you, so, you, you opened it. It's yours. Yeah. So he's reaching yeah. down through some logs here to grab his beer. And he notices uh, he sees a camera, a, a pretty decent looking camera. Uh, so he manages to fish out this camera. It was like a cannon or something that uh, definitely not cheap. Um, so they get home, and uh, of course the camera wouldn't fire up, but they took the uh, SD card out, plugged it in. Sure enough, it worked. And on there, they, uh, there was, of course, pictures of birds and things like that because the, the couple was out taking pictures of birds and bald eagles. The last uh, group of photos uh, on the camera were, like, really blurry, like... Uh, you could tell they were moving or running, but there was one photo, the very last photo. You can clearly see uh, giant dogs, jet black, lean and muscular, with long arms, just like the D.C. Uh, deputy sheriff described, hmm. and huge. So the boys called the cops, and uh, cops came out. They got the... Uh, uh, you know, the SD card, they talked to the, uh, to the boys, whatever, and left. And then, like, a few hours later, two federal wildlife officers showed up and asked to see the computer. And they m- messed with the computer for about 10 minutes, and they could tell that they had stuck a thumb drive in uh, and whatnot. And then they said, all right, thanks, and they left. Uh, the next morning, the kid went to, like, log on to his computer, check Facebook, and the thing... Uh, as soon as he typed his password, it went blank and started smoking. His computer was fried. Oh, wow. So, no mention of these photos uh, ever came out. Uh, to this day, it's, it's, it's marked as a missing, missing person's case. Wow. So, I don't know if there's any truth wow. to that, but it would probably, right. sounds like it would get lumped into the missing 411. <clears throat> uh-huh, Yeah. But in this case, it definitely sounds like the dogman uh, is very bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the dog, the strike again, the dogman PD strike again. Yep. <laughs> no treats for him. Right. That's right. That's right. Bad dog. Bad dog. <laughs> <laughs> now, got interesting, I did look up um, dogman in Pennsylvania, and there's uh, quite a few sightings in PA. And actually, yeah, someone made a little map, wow. and all the all the markings are on it. There was a sighting in York, which is only what uh, twenty minutes from us, right? Uh, northwestern Pennsylvania seems to have a lot. Uh, I found that interesting. Yeah, um, a lot of people have sightings. Now, I have a I have a couple questions mm-hmm. based on some of the stuff that Lish was talking about, right. and came up in the stories I was talking about. First and foremost, why is he always described as very muscly? <laughs> what are they doing? What is their regimen? Hmm. 
They they do the body beast regimen through uh, Sagi. Yes, exactly. That's okay. exactly it. They they follow it very strictly. You know, it's common knowledge that that's the program that they were that they're using, and it has a strict regimen of really just uh, completely raw animal meat. Oh, it's the raw diet. Okay. Uh, yeah, raw, raw, raw yeah. and carnivore. <laughs> right. No veggies. Right. Uh, definitely no carbs. <laughs> right. <laughs> or low, very low. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and, and in this whole process, so as we're doing our research and our homework, and I'm reading about these stories, and there are so many stories mm-hmm. about the dogman for like 150 years or, you know, going back much, much farther. And so I'm like, okay, well, let me think. So there's a, there's a ton of stories about these dogmen, but when it comes to Sasquatch, there's a lot of stories about Sasquatch, but a lot of these other cryptids, they don't. They have some stories, but they're not. It seems like this dogmen, the the dogmen are just all over the place mm-hmm. with their sightings, and just the sheer quantity and the diverse locations is they're they're everywhere. It's yeah made me think of like okay, well you know the first question I came I, I thought of was you know what is the major difference between a werewolf and dogmen. You know, because some of the articles were using those terms interchangeably. Yeah. Well, a werewolf actually can turn back to a human, whereas That's a dogman kind of can't. And I, don't remember, I don't remember the werewolf getting as big as a dogman either. True. I mean, they're big, but... Um, Not like 79 feet, though. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what I was like, okay, so... Because it went back to uh, Goodall. What was her name? The uh, the Beast of Bray Road. Uh, Linda Godfrey. And, yeah. Goodall. And, Jane, not uh, Jane Goodall. She studied yeah. A's. Linda Godfrey, Beast of Bray Road. Godfrey, not yeah. Goodall. Yes, thank you. <laughs> thank you. You know, and it, it just got me thinking about werewolves versus uh, dogmen. And I thought, okay, well, if werewolves can transform back and forth, mm-hmm. and that, that started got me thinking about, like, is this – if somebody was tinkering with genetics, is this like, is, is the werewolf a step up? Is this an improvement over the dogmen? Hmm. You know, are the dogmen like the foot soldiers of the cryptid world? Are they, I just kind of be thinking of like hmm. the evolutionary, you know, the, the differences evolutionary between them. So it was like a werewolf, like a boss level dogmen, hmm. you know, because you don't see a lot of werewolves around, but they're there. We have a lot of reports of them, but, not to the quantity that the dogmen are out right. there, you know? Yeah. Well, and, you know, if you look look at the early sightings, very, very early, so Marco Polo talking about having an entire race of these things mm-hmm. that he encountered and having trade, well, that wasn't an aggressive, um, you know, the dogmen that we're talking about now. That was a right. totally almost civilization, you know. Uh, right. You know, right. And so how did, what happened that they devolved over time? And, um, you know, was there potential interbreeding with humans that caused mutations that caused them to go insane or, you know, um, you know, whatnot. And that possibly from that werewolves came out of that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I was thinking, uh, not thinking, I want to throw this out there. You know, uh, Lish had mentioned Anubis. Yeah. Got me thinking about just ancient Egypt, which obviously always leads me to Stargate with Kurt Russell. Um, what if it's an alien race? The, 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 <laughs> the, the dog man himself? Yes. 
Where did the dog man are? Maybe they were stranded here long ago. Um, I don't know, but I, I feel like something like this. It seems intelligent. Uh, it's massive. It's muscly. So there's a lot of training going on. Maybe they are uh, a warrior race from uh, outer space. What if it's uh, you know? What if it's not even using the word warrior? So, say there there's a ship with multiple species coming down from from outer space, and the dogman is like, "I gotta go." Okay, you need to pull over. I need to find a bush. <laughs> I gotta go. And they're like, "Whatever." And so they let the door out. They're like, "Whatever." You gotta go outside again. You gotta go pee on a tree or something like that. And then they turn around and they take him off and they et the guy and he's stuck here forever. So okay. the dogmen are simply here because they had to let the dog was uh, back in the uh, uh, back of the spaceship dry heaving because it was getting car sick. Yeah. They had to yeah. pull over, let it go potty, and then they left without it. You know, it could, it could have been in the back because it like ate something with a bone. He's like, hawk, hawk, hawk. and they're <laughs> oh, like, boy. oh, my gosh, let him out. He'll go straighten himself out. And then he did it. And they're like, oh, geez, do not. Let's just go. And then they took off. What if they tied him to the back of the spaceship? Oh, yo. <laughs> the little fella probably made it for a couple miles. Oh, <laughs> poor guy. No wonder he's pissed. Yeah, he's really ticked off, you know. <laughs> he's really ticked off. And so, you know, and it was one of the things that, that I did in this research is I actually, I actually got some photos, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, this is... Not with regards to the dogmen, but then I had a conversation with this person about the dogmen. So I got some photos from somebody who's on the Mogollon Rim right now. And, you know, out in the Mogollon Rim, and there was a lot of signs of the Mogollon man, trees broken, bent over, you know, things. So we got a conversation about the Mogollon man. And so I, and he said, well, hey, Nash, what are you guys talking about this week? And I said, you know, we're talking about dogmen. And he's like, oh, no, I know what's going on with the dogmen. They're straight up the footmen soldiers created the hollow earth. And I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, think about it, Nash. You've got, you need to send somebody out to do the dirty work. You need to. And so with all the genetic tampering that's happening out there with creating like the Sasquatch or the werewolf or Nicole Kidman or even, you know, there was, you know, there's all kinds of alien hybrids out there that one of the oldest, oldest hybrids that they try to do was the dogmen. That's why there's so many of them. And then, then even going one step further, Alicia, to what you were saying, is that there was an island of these hybridized creatures, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was if we were to 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 put something to it to keep, you know, give it an image. It that's where do you think the basis for the island of Dr. Moreau came from? Mm. You know? That could be like one of two things. That could be like the epicenter of where they let out or do the do the actual experimentation. You know, you could go yeah. back to the island of Dr. Moreau and see some some pig horse guy, and he would know about the experimentation because he was a part of it. Right. But that, or like Australia, that's where all the re, that's where all the the outlaws go. You know, until they develop mm-hmm. their own society and come back, and now they're all giving us people like Hugh Jackman. I mean, it's a crazy world. Uh, that's actually one of <laughs> Do you the... you ever see uh, Billy Madison? <laughs> There's that moment yeah. where the guy's like, everything you said 
was wrong. We are now all dumber for listening to that. <laughs> May God have mercy on your soul. Um, no, no, that was, uh, I'm just teasing, Nash. Uh, oh, interesting, you, you had me right at uh, possible uh, foot soldiers from the Hollow Earth. I was like, that is super cool. Right. Yeah. I'm going to have to take that back to marketing and let them know. (laughs) (laughs) Who was your source, Nash? Well, I don't want to reveal my source, but one of the things that my source did let me know was that he has uncovered yet another alien hybrid walking among us uh, to go in my list of, of quote unquote people to keep an eye on. You know, because like I said, I had the Gary, I had the Gary Coleman and the Cole Kidman. No, 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 no. You had Celine Dion. Celine, Celine, Celine Dion. Like, how did Nicole? How did Nicole Kidman? Yeah. Uh, get tossed into the uh, people watch that might be alien. She's my, you. she's my current most recent. You know, I I observed her recently, and I believe that she is fully hybridized. <laughs> so I I think that uh, she's in there with him. And then you, he told, you, he told me one. observed her recently. Yeah, what does that mean? You need to clarify that. Mm-hmm. I I don't want to. You know, my sources <laughs> and my method. I don't. You know, <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And he told me that there's one more that he had noticed that we should actually let the world know was uh, Daryl Hall uh, from Hall and Oates. Mm-hmm. He says that guy. If you take a look at Daryl Hall, he's got some crazy TV show now. He was like, that guy is a hybridized alien. So I said, you know what? I will take a look at this. Okay. I will look into it, and I will get the punchers on it, and we but, will but not Oates. Tonight. Oates is good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but not Hall. Hall, no. I think he, I think Daryl Hall might have eaten eaten John Oates. Uh-oh. I don't know, but hmm. but you never know. So we got to get but some Darryl, private eyes on that. Nice. Where's <laughs> <laughs> oh no i'm in control of that button oh yeah exactly i'll do it for you no but he said i should look into the daryl hall and take take a look do a little research do some homework because we're really kind of back leading into is it hollow earth are these from the hollow earth or are these alien mutations that were kind of gestated and grown in the hollow earth and then released out i, I don't know there's a lot of questions that need to be answered and and we answered nothing. Mm-hmm. If anything, we caused more questions and frustration listening. But I would like to know, like, uh, have you guys, has this crossed your mind at all? Uh, government experiment. <laughs> You're a rookie. That was day one. Where are you at, man? <laughs> well, you didn't mention it. Yeah. So I was bringing it well, up. They're working with they're that. It's a, it's a, it's a joint effort, effort. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if you're getting the Hollow Earth involved, the lizard men, of course, are working with the dogmen. Right, and if and if and if you see dogmen and Skinwalker Ranch hanging out wearing suits, smoking a cigarette, right. you know what I'm saying? They had to get those suits from somewhere. They had to go to a big and tall. They had to get the fabric. Where do they get that? You can't get linen down in the Hollow Earth. It's all metal down there. You got to come upstairs. You know what I'm saying? What's, that's not entirely stuff. true, but. Well, What's to know. say the dogmen weren't actually um, uh, foes to the uh, reptilians? That's why they're all scattered across the, the country mm-hmm. and uh, uh, living in the shadows. Once, when they, they used to have their own uh, tropical island, but then uh, maybe became too powerful. So the lizard, the reptilian overlord is like, nope, disband them. 
that that could be, and they could be in hiding like refugees. I don't know. <laughs> I just know that there's possibly a society there of dogmen that either came from or going after the lizard people who could be or could not be working with the aliens in junction with the government. I imagine uh, right now Luke is uh, asking uh, this question to himself. Why did I ask him to talk about the dogmen? <laughs> Why did I Why? say this to them? They're all over the place. They're talking about Nicole Kidman now. <laughs> I'm telling you. Now, Liz, you had stuff on the aliens, right? Yes, I did. Thank you, Dave. (laughs) I just was like, you know what? I'll let you guys go. Well, I tell you what. (laughs) Why don't we take a break? That way we can reset. We'll come back with your alien talk. Okay. Uh, We have listener feedback, as you see, uh, since we kind of switched the uh, order up. Well, listener feedback. Well, final thoughts. We'll have aliens. We'll have more shenanigans. We'll be back. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, Mark, we're almost out of Moses' family jerky snack sticks. Uh, that's because you keep eating them. Handle punchers, you must listen to me. We are you from 10 days in the future. Wait, in 10 days we get to time travel? Just listen. In 10 days, you run out of snack sticks. This sends Nash on a rampage, setting off a chain reaction leading to the end of the world. Me? I destroy the world? There's no time to explain. Just order snack sticks now. They have three great flavors. Original, spicy, and teriyaki. The portal is closing. We have to go. Order snack sticks. Save the world. Is anyone curious how we learn to time travel in 10 days? There's no time for that right now, Dave. Right. We need to hit the road and stockpile snack sticks. Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. Go to mfjerky.com and use promo code SPOOKYJERKY15 to save 15% off your entire order. Moses Family Jerky Snack Sticks, the best snack to pack on your paranormal or normal adventure. Hey, friends. Welcome to Paranormal Punchers. friends welcome to paranormal hunters i'm mark i'm alicia i'm nash i'm dave holy moly there's a big you can call me frank holy moly oh my god what was that that bigfoot call me frank holy moly there's a bigfoot you can call me frank 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 and we're back (laughs) sorry (laughs) 
Hi, Alicia. Hi. Tell, <laughs> tell me about the aliens. Okay. So this is in uh, kind of similar to what Nash was saying. Uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. But <laughs> one of the theories is that they're uh, hybridized, hybridized by alien forces, giving them a half man, half canine effect. Um, this theory lends itself to the most ancient of concepts, the chimeras. Chimeras? Have you guys heard of a chimera? Chimeras? The chimera? Oh, is that how you say that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it wasn't me this time messing <laughs> up a word. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, okay. Uh, anyway. Uh, chim, chimery, chim, chim. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I was going to go right to that, but I didn't do it. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, some speculate that these alien forces are either of some unknown alien agenda, um, so they don't really know why they made the dogmen and what their purpose is, uh, or that it's something demonic about to unleash itself on Earth. In a, Ooh, like a sleeper cell. Yeah, in time scenario, you know. Um, mm. How do you say that again? Chimera? Chimera? Chimera. Chimera. Oh, my God. Chimeras and Bigfoot are sometimes observed in UFO abduction reports. Um, so that's why they're talking about uh, possible alien tampering. Um, I have another theory as well, which goes towards the more supernatural. Ooh. Yeah. Pudding skin. Here we go. <laughs> So, from a supernatural perspective, the slaughtering of the native dogman people and their families by the white man may have resulted in dogman haunted woods throughout the North Americas. Being supernatural would explain their elusiveness and the inability to acquire physical evidence, remains, or determine the presence of activities. Uh... They also talked about, like, the werewolf witch trials. Have you guys ever heard of this? The werewolf witch trials? No. They were in conjunction no. with actual witch trials. So, like, people were being accused of either being a werewolf or a witch um, back in the day. Seriously? Yes. I know. I was like, oh, my God, you could even do a whole topic just on that. Uh, we probably yeah. will. <laughs> um, but it did carry over to the Americas, um, the werewolf witch trials. Um, so these murders may have perpetuated supernatural hauntings that are experienced today. Um, so they're, they're basically saying these dogmen are more ghosts, I guess, or, uh, in a supernatural way. So it's, they're not necessarily there per se, but they're, they're, (sighs) You guys know what I'm saying. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, they're they're kind of they're kind of showing themselves, and that's kind of why they one of the reasons why they give the uh, that that immediate sense of fear and dread is because right. that perpetuates from them supernaturally. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. So the, those were my two theories that I had. I do like the government the government theory as well, but. Um, so uh, with the supernatural one, are you saying like? Uh, Sorry if I misunderstood, but like okay. a, a a wolf or a dog, large dog was like imbued with the spirit or possessed with the spirit of uh, Native American who was killed. 
Um, for his land or well, is that how the hybrid started or no? So th- I feel like in some of the history, uh, some native Americans, um, they had warriors that would invoke the spirit of a wolf and became dogmen soldiers. So okay. they're almost, I, I feel like what this theory is saying is that a lot of these people that were murdered, um, they've almost invoked the spirit of the wolf in death. I don't know. Okay. That, uh, that's what I was kind of understanding it to mean, but. So kind of like they, uh, they kind of like half assed the twilight werewolves. <laughs> because those know. were the, those were the native American, like, did you say they half assed the twilight werewolves? Yeah, because they didn't fully turn into the, because wolves. the twilight werewolves of- were good. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, know. I think you need to, you, given the timing on everything, you need to flip that sentence around. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, right. Yeah, that's right. It's just the wrong. It's the, it's the wrong half. <laughs> yeah. So no, because like the Twilight Werewolves, it was always like the Native American. What was it? The the eldest son. It had some like the eldest son in every family, whatever, uh, which was their comprised their warrior clan those are the ones that turned into the giant got the spirit of the wolf whatever mm-hmm. how do you know so much about twilight <laughs> oh you know i mm-hmm. i love the sparkle vampires mm-hmm. they're, they're the best <laughs> yeah. okay all right where's yeah. that button i'm gonna cut i'm I cutting know. his mic <laughs> 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 i was like oh my god i was like it finally happened that's it that is twilight has been it. mentioned on yeah. this show <laughs> and so that dude's abs, oh my gosh, they go on forever. <laughs> anyway, so uh, the uh, but but they get <laughs> like what you were saying, Alicia. That the I got to get a beer now. <laughs> <laughs> the the he like invokes the spirit. So like a spirit mm-hmm. of the dogman would be not. It'd be kind of like called upon or or imbued in into somebody, and that's when they would turn into this thing. Or the the dogman soldiers, um, they were murdered, and so now they just haunt the woods, an area. I don't know. Gotcha. But hmm. Anyway, hmm. <laughs> it's a good theory. I I I, I I'm still kind of tending to to lean toward. I I kind of go away from the supernatural. Not saying that it's not there, and that, that would be. I think extremely plausible. Mm-hmm. I do tend to stay, as you all know, with the UFO genetic splicing. Of course. You know, and uh, to back my, my man on the inside, JC, you know who you are out there, uh, who, who, you know, we discuss these things. Um, I, I think that the dogmen really represent like a phase one of the genetic altering. Werewolves would be the phase two. And then... When they get into different species and different creatures, that's when you could end up with Sasquatch or the different variations of Sasquatch or Yeti or Mogollon Man or the Swamp Guy or the hmm. Stinky Bob, the Swamp Guy. Flying yeah, Snake all... Guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, I think I'm leaning more towards, like, um, alien experimentation maybe um but i do like the whole idea of government experiments and you know what i mean yeah. like or if it was an alien uh 
you know, Marco Polo met uh, the most elite of that, but maybe something happened over time. Right. They devolved. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Supernatural definitely is, uh, it is supernatural of some kind. Of course, yeah. yeah. It's giving off that infrasound. It's making feel, uh, people feel uh, a, a huge sense of dread, mm-hmm. and they just want to go away. Right. It's almost like keeping you from like investigating further. It, it forces you to like you better turn around and run. You want no parts of this, right? Except, it, but I, but I do love the. You know, you had said this earlier about uh, Doberman. I found another report where they're talking about looking like Dobermans, Weird. which is very interesting to me. Of all dogs. Yeah. Right. The Doberman. Huh. Makes me not want to trust Doberman. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, what if that, that's just they took a different shape just to get in your house and oh, learn about God. you? Yeah. So I'm, I'm leaning, you know, the, as we've been talking about it, evolving my ideas here, the, um, I like the concept of the UFOs. You know, mm-hmm. the aliens started the whole thing. So they either were an alien race or they created this this race that were you know living on this island, whatever. Marco Polo interacted with them, and then. Um, but I think that over time, that the the species didn't devolve, um, but that you know they would have been used for um, you know either treated as gods or other you know uh, you know better entities, and um, you know as societies would have used that for nefarious reasons and get into the black arts, something went wrong. And that's where the supernatural imbuing of that spirit of their, you know, local alien protectors turned into what we now know as the dogmen. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Through tinkering. I kind of like that through, they were there as revered in a society and then through whatever means, through accidental means, because they didn't know what they were doing, they kind of set on this other path, which was a much darker, a much more darker, bloodier path. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I got gotcha. you. I, I do kind of like the idea of, and this is going to sound a little odd because I don't no, ever sound odd. On. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that if the apocalypse comes... And it's led by a force of dogmen, okay, mm-hmm. that really I can stop the apocalypse with, you know, some bones, mm-hmm. you know, or some treats, some dog treats. I can get some biscuits and I could be like, here, boy, here, boy, don't kill me, here, boy, and then <laughs> off, and then you throw it off, you know, he's, you know, like Lulu's got a, got some kind of a thing she can chew on for about 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. I, I like I like my odds. I know no, my dog likes cardboard, so we yeah. just keep chucking cardboard at him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. See, that's yeah. it. You just they go like, oh my god, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. Or squash. It. He loves squirrels. Oh, we know uh, dogs get distracted by squirrels. We just have like, uh, you know, those guns that you shoot t-shirts out of. Yeah. You can just shoot squirrels out of them, <laughs> yeah. and and then the the, the dogmen be like, oh, squirrel, and they take. You know, we could keep them distracted for days. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess we got to get the catch the squirrels first. So my my plan actually isn't that good. Well, but then if you back it up, you're armed. You're armed, you know, tooth and nail with cardboard covered in peanut butter, chunky or creamy peanut butter. I'm telling you, you just throw that out there. You're 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 free. You got enough time to get in your car. Maybe check your watch. Maybe send some emails. Then get out of town. I like my odds. I like my odds. (laughs) 
and that <laughs> is how we would do it. Right. Yeah, that's exactly how we do it. We don't need guns or anything. We just need peanut butter, cardboard, and a squirrel launching mechanism. Hey, if you learned anything about the dogmen today, that's great. Uh, uh, hit it. us up and let us know. Yeah. If you, if you learn nothing, then... Uh, Sorry. Yeah, that's... That's normal. Uh, uh, again, Luke, thank you for sharing your story. Your story was uh, uh, amazing yeah, and killer, and I really good. appreciate yep. you sending that to us and sparking this conversation. Uh, if you have a, a great story or an idea for the show, uh, paranormalpunchers at gmail.com or just go to paranormalpunchers.com and uh, you'll find all the ways to contact us. Speaking of contacting us, of course, we got some listener feedback, and we should just jump into that. Okay, now since uh, yeah, with the uh, the quarantine and just the way some of our episodes landed, if I miss anybody's uh, feedback, sorry, you know we love you, mm-hmm. uh, but sometimes it's not easy to keep track of everything with all the craziness. Right. But we did hear from Scott T. Hey guys, I discovered the podcast a few days ago and have listened to a bunch already. You guys make my thirteen hour shift better. I have an idea oh. for the show. Civil War hauntings. I'm a reenactor, and I've seen several ghosts and entities at the battlefields we go to. Mm. And then he says, I forgot to tell you about one of my experiences. Beer happens. We know. <laughs> I was uh, at a reenactment in uh, Perryville, Kentucky. And while, uh, while they were in camp uh, after the first day of battle, him and his captain were sitting by the fire drinking some beer and started hearing musket fire. So they started to try to figure out who was doing it, um, and they saw musket flashes from the cornfield. It looked like someone was walking through the cornfield, uh, but the corn wasn't even moving. Wow. Mm, Interesting. Yeah, I think that's a good topic. Mm -hmm, It is. Um, It pops up later uh, in listener feedback and another experience in Gettysburg. Oh. Of course, we've been to Gettysburg. Oh, and Scott T. said, yeah, Gettysburg, that was his favorite episode. Okay, <laughs> and the, well, it was which is funny is, is the uh, one episode with the most accurate information because uh, we have uh, the guides that were taking us through the Jenny Way <laughs> right. were giving us true history <laughs> facts about um, you know Actual the Jenny Way real else. facts because yeah. if we were trying to do it it would <laughs> we would have right. messed up we would have chimed married that one. Oh, that went right over Alicia's head. I she's, wasn't. She's, I'm sorry. I was looking she at you. Just left it hanging out there. <laughs> sorry, yeah, I didn't even man. hear it. All right, we heard from Fly Finchy Fly. Hey guys, it's Jeff, aka Fly Finchy Fly, from Twitter. I decided to write in and tell you guys my story. When I was younger, me and my family always went camping near Lake Ontario. At our campsite each night, me and my dad would always talk about Bigfoot and aliens while we sat by the campfire. Well, one night in 2004, as we were talking about it, uh, as we were talking about if Bigfoot was real or not, my dad pointed up in the sky and said, hey, isn't it weird to see six stars in a row? Confused, I looked up and saw six bright lights in a row. All of a sudden, the lights went from being stationary in the sky to moving. We both watched in shock as these six lights perfectly aligned next to each other moved together towards Lake Ontario. Once they were over the lake, they slowly started to descend before they shot up fast into the sky, disappearing completely. To this day, we never found out what those lights were. 
But one thing is for sure. It made me believe in UFOs. Thanks, you guys, for making a kick-ass podcast and making the paranormal puncher's family. Well, thank you for being part of the family. Yeah. Fly, Finchy Fly. Yeah, interesting. I was just thinking Lake Ontario. Uh, we talked about Shag Harbor had a whole a light mm-hmm. incident that actually lowered to the lake and then went into the lake. Yeah. So well, other things happened in Shag Harbor, too. You know, there were some amazing things that came out of Shag Harbor. I'm just Stop saying. Stop it. Uh, I didn't really want to get into it right now. Uh-huh. I'm just Maybe you should listen to that episode. I'm just episode. waiting for an Austin Powers uh-huh. joke. I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Susie Q872 on Apple Podcasts dropped the five star and said, this podcast is awesome. Well, thank you, Susie. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Ooh, here's Fly Finchy Fly again. Uh, this was actually in reference to uh, something you had posted, like most paranormal experience. Yeah. And uh, he said his most paranormal experience was uh, when he was in Gettysburg. He was with his mom. They were touring the battlefield and saw a Confederate soldier standing in the woods. They thought it was a reenactor. When, they, uh, when I told the tour guide about it, he said there was none in the area. And uh, when I pointed over to the figure, it was gone. That's not the first time we've mm-hmm. heard people seeing people in, uh, you know, Civil War soldier, assuming it was a reenactor, only for it to just disappear and not be there. And uh, a quick note here for uh, Jeff. Uh, he had made a post on Twitter about his sister's husband and best friend were in a serious car accident uh, that was been a rough 24 hours. And our podcast is helping him get through this. Uh, Jeff, I hope they're I hope they're doing well. Yeah. Um, I'm glad we could be there for you in such a, a tough time. And, yeah, thank you for listening. I, ho- I hope we make things better for you, dude. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Uh, moving along here. Um, all right. On, uh, let's see. We heard from Chad. I was listening to episode 87. You were asking, uh, what would you transform into? I was thinking flying dragon because you could you could cook the rabbit because you could breathe fire. Okay. In that episode, I said I would turn into a bear, and it, Dave reminded me I'd have to eat twigs and leaves to uh, clog up my butt each winter. So, you know, a flying dragon actually is way better. I know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. I w- yeah, if you're going to transform into something, yeah, make it awesome. Yeah. Something you don't have to uh, eat leaves and twigs. <laughs> Dave, now uh, time has passed. Uh, has your answer changed? What would you turn into? I don't remember what I said. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yep. well, so then what would, so then what would then we'll do it this way. What would you transfer, transform into? And then we can just compare notes. All right, so after this episode, uh, well, I mean, yeah, Dragon would be pretty awesome in the and flying and uh, causing chaos. But also, uh, now I'm kind of intrigued with Dogman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like they can uh, give all that sense of dread, make you run away, but they're, they're like swole. I, I have like this, imagine if the Dogman actually have like straw man competitions. You know, they get together and they're doing Atlas stones and, and throwing sandbags up over a, a, a pole. Like, I think that'd be pretty awesome. Yeah. 
but most of the time they are naked and eight feet tall. True. Yeah, but uh, in the days of uh, the Greek Olympics, they would uh, perform the entire games naked. So, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not judging. The dog man want to be naked and right. do uh, uh, feats of strength. I'm okay. Well, I'm just saying you would be the dog man. You would be naked. Not the other dog man. I'm just saying. Are you okay with running around naked being like having, you know, people check you out and be like, hey, how you doing? Wait, oh, why hey, would I I'm be sorry. naked and, and all the other dog because- man would not? You because no, they would be too. But you'd be so if you, someone saw you and did a sighting, they'd be like, "Yeah, I saw a dog man. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I saw this giant dog man. I, I was scared. I was terrified. And then I looked over and I was like, oh, hey, sorry.' <laughs> oh, I see where you're going. <laughs> no, I wouldn't I'm be worried saying, at all. <laughs> <I'm>, I... <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. See air cold up yeah. there? Yeah, yeah, um. exactly. You're like, oh, boy. <laughs> wow. Okay. We'll just move along. Uh, we're, yeah. we're not that kind National of podcast. conversation. Yeah. <laughs> right. We're not that kind of podcast. We heard from uh, Anomalous Arcane. Uh, really love to hear about your guys' D&D games on the podcast. Waiting for Dragon Punchers. Podcast, ooh, and I like that. Uh, actually, I, I think that's an excellent, mm-hmm. excellent idea uh, to start another podcast called "Well, No Better Name Than Dragon Punchers." <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I I like to do alliteration, so Paladin Punchers. Now that doesn't work. Dragon Punchers. I would definitely do a podcast about our adventures or misadventures. Sometimes, <laughs> I mean, like. Uh, well, like last night, uh, I don't know. It must have taken uh, 15 minutes for you guys to figure out how to open the door. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at one point, you, you practically gave up. You're like, I'm just going to walk away. Yeah. I was like, you know, I'm just going to camp here. If that door is not going to open, I'm just going to chill out over here in the corner. And so you're faced with a book or something. two giant doors about eight feet each, 10 feet high, clearly carved by uh, doors. What do you do? Nash tries once, rolls like what a thirteen or whatever. And you're like, yeah, eh, all right, I'm going home. Got, I, I'm going to sit over here in the corner and eat my pack lunch. Good, thanks. <laughs> a D and D party does not mean work together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is absolutely the last idea that should ever be undertaken. Yeah. You guys were individually pushing on it and then like giving up. Oh well, I tried, everybody. I, uh, you, the rogue uh, weighing in at a buck twenty tries to push on the door. Uh, and gives up right away. And like Dave's like, well, guys, why don't we just look for another uh, way around this? I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, everybody just you're not even going to try to work together, huh? And then you guys were like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> right. We should all push on the door at the same time. Right. And they did. They got the door open and immediately uh, were in battle with a couple orcs. So, yeah, it turned out to be fun once we got roll 20 working right. Yeah, that was that was I was rolling uh, critical or uh, fails, massive fails, rolling ones trying to set roll 20 up. I'll tell you that <laughs> I'm down with that, guys. If you want to do uh, a podcast all about our D&D adventures. Yep. All right. Cool. Sweet. All right. We had more, but man, we are running an extra, know. extra long show. Uh, so, again, thank you so much for your feedback. I'm so happy you guys uh, enjoy some of the crazy stuff we create. You're awesome. 
Uh, any uh, final thoughts on anything, Alicia? Uh, no, I don't think I ever want to um, encounter a dogman. Oh, wait. I have one, I have one more. Oh. My bad. Uh, my mate from the UK, Willie, dropped this in, the, uh, in our Facebook group. and I was just curious with how you guys would answer this. All right. So it was a meme. Uh, you have just acquired a non-human 80s sidekick. Which one are you choosing? Here are your options. Oh. Uh, number one, Gizmo from Gremlins. Number two, Falcor from The NeverEnding Story. Number three, Ludo from Labyrinth. Number four, E.T. from <laughs> E.T. Uh, number five, Howard from Howard the Duck. And number six, Harry from Harry and the Hendersons. Who would you choose as your sidekick and why? Hmm. Nash. Gizmo. Okay. Yeah, Gizmo, because you know what? If he, if in some way, if he has the ability to call on the gremlins, call the other gremlins, it would be nice to be able to have a, a swarm. If you, if you needed it, you could call upon. And if it doesn't, and you get into a, a bad patch of trouble, <clears throat> yo, you just get out the squirt gun and spray that little dude. I was going to yeah. ask you, are, do you think you're responsible enough to follow the rules? <laughs> I am for the most part, but it would be, but it would be really nice to be able to look down and see like a, like a, like in our D and D campaign, see a barracks just filled with bad guys, and be like, Gizmo, it's time to shine, buddy. Let's get this done, you know. And then I just take a take out my water skin, dump it on him, and just chuck him in there and be like, go get him, tiger. Show me what you're made of. <laughs> but it only goes bad from there, but okay. Yeah. All right, Dave, uh, what sidekick would you pick and why? Probably Harry from Harry and the Hendersons, uh, just because that was my favorite 80s movie growing up. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that movie. Right. And, uh, I mean, there's nothing wrong with having uh, Bigfoot as a mm-hmm. companion. True story. I think you'd have your, your grocery bills. Uh, would uh, increase. Right. Right. Yes. Yeah. That'd be tough. Yeah. Probably tough to keep some uh, Moses family jerky. <laughs> Threw that plug in there. Uh, all right. So, all right. We got uh, Gizmo. We got Harry. Lish. Um, so I've been thinking about this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so who would I want to be my sidekick? So. I immediately was thinking about, like, let's say I'm in D&D. Who do I want to be on my team? Uh, I'm going to choose E.T. because he can heal me. Okay. <laughs> but who would you want your sidekick in real life? Hmm. Well, Harry would probably smell. I think Falcor so I could just ride him and fly. But Okay. Yeah. I mean, you can still pick E.T., he can still heal you. We're in the middle of coronavirus. True. He'd be like, boop. Okay. Yeah, see, I, I did like Falcor also. That was my number two was Falcor. Mm-hmm. You know, because it makes me makes me feel good to help somebody out. And he just couldn't get that spot behind his ears. Oh, you know? I mean, yes. <laughs> you could always talk to him and hang out and then go for a ride. Uh, I was digging on Falcor, but I thought Gizmo would be my, my choice. So Okay. And I'm going to give what you would assume is my obvious answer. It would be Howard the Duck. <laughs> number one, a Marvel character. Number two, you have a, a drinking buddy uh, that would be hilarious. I, I'm, yeah, after a little bit, he'd probably get super annoying, and you would be a little bit embarrassed with his antics. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. I think it'd be a blast to have uh, Howard the Duck as your sidekick. 
Wasn't he like tech based also? Wouldn't he be like a tech guy? Is he the tech guy? Wouldn't he be like like a tech guy? I thought I thought Howard the Duck was like a technologically proficient. I, I don't know. Mm. That's what I thought of it. That'd be awesome to to boot. I was just thinking from just the angle of like uh, <laughs> going and uh, slamming a couple bourbons with the guy. Yeah, exactly. Have a cigar with him, you know. Unfortunately, I know absolutely nothing about him. I've never seen the movie, never read any of the comics, never looked up the character, so I don't know a single thing. Right. It's all right. It's not like the movie was that yeah. great. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. <laughs> we did it. Mm-hmm. Another episode in the books. I hope everybody out there is uh, doing well, uh, staying safe. Uh, of course, you know, you're all part of the Pea Punchers family. We love you. Thank you for supporting us. Thanks for listening to us. Uh, supported us with our yep. <laughs> support. And I was making fun of you for uh, saying uh, Chimera. My bad. My bad. <laughs> hey, uh, from all from all of us at Paranormal Punchers, uh, we love you. Take care. And as we like to say, if it's not weird, it's not worth checking out. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.